Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Ed, uh, UFC event, uh, your neck of the woods this past weekend. I, I know you didn't make it, but uh, it turned out to be a, a decent card. Yeah, I mean, it was early. Otherwise, I would have made it. Um, had a chance to go in, but, uh, you know, I had to go check on my folks and stuff first. So that's priority number one. But yeah, man, I mean, surprisingly... Uh, a nice, nice, entertaining card. Lots of finishes. Uh, some good submissions. Um, maybe not so, some not so good stoppages. But uh, uh, yeah, we can talk about that. But yeah, man, it was definitely an exciting week. Um, day before that, we had the news about Cyborg, so there's definitely a lot to talk about. Did you uh, Did you have any reaction from the locals out there about being an early event? I mean, other than the stuff that you see on social media and what we've chatted about, was there? Was there any kind of feedback from anybody out there that you knew that was going that appreciated it or thought it was really strange and didn't um, know so much like it? Uh, the most reactions I got was, oh, yeah, you know, you know, asking if I was going. And then uh, when I let them know how early it was, a lot of them were just like, why so early? You know, um, I mean, like uh, folks around here know why it was early, but uh it's definitely, uh, I mean, I don't know if something was going on that ESPN would want to broadcast it that early, too. Like, uh, was there anything, I mean, you watch other sports, I don't, was there anything going on Saturday that would have pulled eyeballs away? The only thing that I heard um, from ESPN side, and I, I saw somebody post about it online, and it, it really made sense now that I think about how kind of the timeline came together for getting the event in New York, Newark is that I believe it was an event that was initially scheduled for Russia that was brought to, to Newark on fairly late notice. So yeah. perhaps ESPN had already bought the time slot in the morning um, for a Russian uh, location uh, event, which would essentially be mm. that time slot. So I'm wondering if they just used that time slot and it wasn't so much the, the location and the and the potential danger leaving at night. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah that makes more sense because it's not like like I put up, I posted a picture online from the last time I was there for an event at Prudential Center. It was uh, it was uh, Rumble Johnson versus Ryan Bader in January of 2016, and um, you know that was a regular event. It was done by you know midnight and whatever, but uh, and everybody just rushed. You know, there's actually a way to get to the train station from Prudential Center. <laughs> you you're only outside for a short amount of time. There's this there's this weird way con- through connecting buildings that you can get to the tra- to Prudential Center in, in a somewhat secure uh, Prudential Center to Newark Penn Station in a somewhat secure fashion and get you know catch your train and not have to worry about any of the you know the guys whipping out their junk at you or whatever all the other stuff that you deal with in Newark uh, selling selling pirated T-shirts and all that stuff on the way because I uh, I've definitely walked through that before but um, yeah. Uh, it's definitely um, it was something that folks were just like, oh, why so early? And uh, and a lot of them didn't even know that it was so early. So um, that was the only surprise I got. I mean, a lot of people were excited about it, but they were just like, the other thing was why so early? But no, if, oddly enough, uh, from what I hear, I mean, I know they said they sold 10,000 tickets, but I don't know if all those people showed up that bought tickets. From from what I heard, it wasn't uh, wasn't a packed house. 
yeah, it didn't look like it on television, but I didn't see the official numbers. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't actually, for some of the fight nights and earlier start time in certain locations would probably be pretty fun. I mean, yeah. if you had a city you could go into at, at 8.30, you know, after an event, that, that might be something the UFC might actually want to look want to look to. I, I mean, I wouldn't, if I was in LA or, um, you know, Orange County out here and could hit a little bar scene or a little local area um, after a day event, that's, that's not the worst thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's stuff to do. Like, I actually posted a little quick thing uh, for folks that were going, you know, because right next door to Prudential Center is Dinosaur Barbecue. Folks can go there. I mean, great food, good beer selection. Uh, there's a couple of uh, Rodizio spots because there's a, there's a lot of Brazilians in, in Newark, too. Um, but outside of that, it's, it's you know, you really don't want to be wandering around that city. I mean, uh, if you check the news feed, you'll see that there was a, a shooting like just the night before and uh i think today whoever got shot they they put that they died from the sh- from it so i'm like all right i mean but it's average it's like a, a like two a week almost if you watch local jersey news so newark is not a you know it's not someplace it used to be a place people wanted to go to a lot but uh it's definitely not someplace uh there's a reason the ufc hasn't been there since 2016 yeah but for the fans who did show up uh although the card uh didn't uh, jump out with a lot of names on it. Uh, there was actually pretty good fights. I mm. I was entertained for most of the most of the day out here watching them. Um, a couple people that jumped out. It was a couple of the early with uh, female fights. Uh, Lauren Murphy uh, picked up a win uh, with a finish. I saw yeah. the finish. I think paid like twenty five to one in the third round. So anybody that bet on her to get a finish in the third round uh, made a made a nice payday. Uh, and then another odd uh, kind of finish was the uh, Antonina Shevchenko. Um, defeated Lucy Pudilova. Um, I believe Shevchenko was the favorite going in, or it was, I, I believe she was the favorite going in uh, mm-hmm. in a fairly close fight, but nobody expected her to win by submission, and she got the first submission uh, win of her career with a second round rear naked choke. Um, anything on the earlier fights jump out to you? Or pretty much the same thing? Uh, I mean, <clears throat> being a local, uh, I, uh, a lot of folks were excited about all the Jersey base fighters so like uh you know mickey gall and jim miller on there um they were definitely uh those were definitely ones that folks wanted to tune into and um i think the very first fight that miranda granger was a late notice and she won by uh unanimous decisions unanimous decision so there's a lot of interesting like fights that went on that folks were interested in for their own you know if you're a fan of uh i think what she fought in CES. I forget where she fought before, and not that long ago either. So the fact that she came in and won on short notice says a lot about her. Um, but yeah, no, for the obviously the Jim Miller fight and the Mickey Gall uh, was one that stood out a lot to me. Um, I thought the very last round of uh, Gall and Tuhari was uh, was was a pretty good. Uh, I know he got the, the nod, um, but I thought it was a good fight, especially the last round. He he, he threw some spinning stuff that was interesting. So. I like that fight a lot. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, the Jim Miller fight. That was the uh, co-main event of the evening, and uh, fight didn't last long. It only lasted 58 <laughs> seconds. But you know, if you uh, if you were to write a script on how you would think 58 seconds of uh, Jim Miller and Clay Guida would go, that's pretty much what uh, what you'd expect. Both guys came out. Both guys basically dropped uh, their uh, opponent. Uh, it, it, the difference was when Miller dropped uh, Guida, he he locked in a guillotine choke, and 
and then at that point handed it over to the almighty Herb Dean to uh, to manage to uh, <laughs> well, basically go for the WWF. Let me uh, shake your hand three times to Guida before stopping the fight. Probably about three seconds. You know, I don't know. Late, uh, let's yeah. just say. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, there was a lot of weird. There was a lot of weird stoppages on that card. I mean, uh, the, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but like. So talking about earlier, actually it was, uh, I think on the broadcast it transitioned, or it went over late that the first fight that was part of the main card, in that Chuku versus Stosik, um, you know with the with the ball shots that he kept getting, <laughs> like uh, even Dominic Cruz commented when when uh, that little uh, that little baby Brock Lesnar referee called in the uh, the the doctor, he was like you know but. Dominic Cruz was like, why are you calling him a doctor? But then he gave him credit for, like, you know what? He stuck to his guns. He he followed through with the whole thing and, like, made the doctor check his nuts and everything. And I was just like, you know, I would I mean, usually they just give him the time. And if, if they're laying there for too long, then you call on a doctor. Reminding me of the Karatanov incident, you know? Like, he was down on the ground for a while before a doctor came in and said, yeah, this guy's nuts are in, in his stomach. This is done. Yeah, no, I, I I can't think of that referee's name right off the top of my head, but I thought uh, I thought he handled the situation the way that I would like refs to handle the situation. Not so much calling in the doctor, but mm-hmm. I, I felt like he called in the doctor after like the second or third one, and I, I felt like it was more of a, a nod. Yeah. It was the third one, so it was more of a nod to the fighter of I'm gonna take two. This guy's gonna have multiple points taken away from him at this point. There's two minutes left, three minutes left in this fight. You're gonna win by you can win by <laughs> disqualification right now. Yeah. If if you can't, if you're in serious despair from taking three kicks to the the midsection, you don't have to force yourself out there to go try to get a win. Um, and, and it would have been one of those situations where ha- had the guy got knocked out in the last minute of the fight, it would have it would have looked bad. Um, I believe uh, Stoisic actually probably won the fight. I think he did on the cards had he not had the uh, point deduction. Yeah. Uh, but I've never seen a fighter who, who <laughs> perhaps doesn't understand the scoring less than Stoisic, who uh, who seems shocked that he had lost a decision in a three-round fight <laughs> when he had two points taken away. Whoa. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> maybe got... it was more. It was maybe it was more disappointment in himself that he. Uh, I mean, not for nothing. The kick was working for him. I mean, those, the inside leg kick was working for him before he started hitting his balls. But I don't know. I know, but if you get two points taken in a three-round fight, it doesn't take a mathematician to realize that you're probably not going to win a decision. I yeah. mean, I have to even figure out the math if you. I suppose you could, depending on how the scores go. But once you start hearing the scores, it's pretty clear you're not gonna you're not gonna win that one. So, uh, but but it, it was an interesting fight. Um, Holtzman also picked up a win uh, by Doctor Stoppage. Uh, he uh, oh, that uh, was the uh, the eye thing, yeah. Ma and, and yeah, and shut his eye closed. So that was it. That was a, that was actually a good fight. Uh, both guys were throwing down that that fight. Um, and basically, you know, uh, up until the main event, we, we had a lot of action and, uh, Herb Dean had two fights where he arguably let the fight, the fighter. Maybe it was too early for him. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> is is weed legal in Nevada or uh, not, not Nevada in, in, in New Jersey. Jersey? No, it isn't. So that's yeah. the whole thing here. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's got some voodoo doctor or something who gives him gives him what he needs. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I just. I give the guy a hard time for early stoppages, late stoppages. I, I, I noticed that uh, the internet is uh, is starting to catch on to his act. I've been saying it for the yeah, year and a half we've had the podcast. Yeah. I've said it for years before that. Hey, I like. I mean, I like Herb Dean, but I, I I can't not say that lately it's been like you know, come on, dude. I mean, is, did he? Is he starting to train under Yamasaki for refereeing? Like, just like, don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, it's it's I've always said it's the uh, inconsistency, you know that, and that's been my argument. If he let guys get choked unconscious constantly, it'd be like, okay, well that's Herb Dean. That's basically <laughs> Mario Yamasaki. But you know, he stops fights when guys are still conscious. He stops guy, you know, stops fights when guys get hit with one punch, and then he lets guys get beat to all living hell, and then he lets you know. If you shake a guy's hand twice and it doesn't move, I think you can stop the fight. This isn't WWF. I don't think you need that third, third handshake. And, yeah, that was, that was um, crazy. Yeah. The, the first one, he was on the wrong side. He had horrible position. I mean, he's got a guy in a chokehold and he's on the wrong side, so he can't see the the visual of the guy's that, hands. That was Mirshard. You talking about yet yeah, when Mirshard was uh, told him he's out? <laughs> yeah, I mean the first rule that they t- teach you. Uh, I mean, I'm never into refereeing school, but I've been around this sport forever. Is you got to be in position. You got you your position in that situation is on the other side, so you can see the hands. Seeing the guy's face doesn't tell you any kind of story. No. You know, you got to see you, you see the hands go limp, or you see a tap. You know, the the guy can close his eyes, he can open his eyes, he can have the death look in his eyes, but you know, generally that doesn't tell the story on on the the level of consciousness. So uh, he just he just keeps screwing up. But um, I think the biggest win of that night was him not doing the main event. Uh, <laughs> the main event we got Colby Covington, Robbie Lawler. We didn't do predictions for this fight, but I was I, I didn't want to get too loud because I'm a huge Robbie Lawler fan. But the fight basically went exactly how I thought it was going to go. I thought Covington, um, I think Covington is one of the top welterweights in the world. Uh, a lot of fans don't like him because of his his act he puts on or yeah. his quote unquote political views. But um, I I find it slightly entertaining. I think, uh, I well, think, she, yeah. you know, yeah. if you're not, as long as you're not out there breaking the law and physically assaulting people that that's the, like, I never had problems with Conor McGregor until he started throwing, you know, uh, dollies through windows and, and getting accused of rape and stuff like that. As long as Covington's act is harmless and he's not, uh, breaking any laws, then uh, I think it's entertaining. And I think it's a way that you, you make a name for yourself in 2019 in MMA, unfortunately. So, and he's, and he goes out there and he backs it up. I mean, the, the guy moves to 15 and one and he completely dominated Robbie Lawler. I do believe Robbie Lawler is at the final run of his career. Um, I know that's probably been said throughout the eras from him leaving the UFC initially to uh, not a great run in strike force to, uh, you know, before that he had a nice win in pride and he was okay in elite XC. And he's kind of had some ups and downs where people thought he was finished. Most people thought he really shouldn't have even been back in the UFC when he came back after the purchase of strike force. And then of course he went on his title run. So, I mean, Robbie Lawler's a first ballot hall of famer, all time. Great. Um, 
and, and even if put in the right situation, could potentially, I guess, make a run back towards the top. But uh, I don't think it'll be against anybody who has the wrestling ability um, or the ability to mix up strikes and, and wrestle like like Covington or Usman or or even uh, even Woodley for that matter. Yeah, no, I I, I gotta say, I mean, I I don't know about you, but I I thought Robbie Lawler when at the first round when they started. He put on the right amount of pressure. He, I mean, Covington seemed, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it. So, like, just he was kind of, he, he, he didn't start attacking the way he did the rest of the fight at the beginning of the fight. Robbie Lawler was, was, was walking him down, throwing punches, and then I don't know if he had an adrenaline dump or what. I actually, they didn't really do, like, a post-event press conference, and I know he addressed, like, uh, they did like media scrums and he addressed the media, but I was kind of just like, I haven't heard what he said because they spoke to him after the, he lost, and I didn't hear why what he said happened. But it looked, it just looked like he was content to just you know make it through the rounds and you know what I mean. Like he was he he was t- getting hit, not throwing anything back. I was really frustrated when uh, Covington had him against the cage. I think it was uh, in the second and third round where he had him in the cage. And he sunk in a, a choke, near nearly sunk in a choke. Um, you know, you would think you would fight that off a little better, especially after the the whole thing with Askren. Um, but I guess he just knew that Covington wasn't gonna really. I mean, he wasn't behind him; he was more on the side of him. But you know, there's still that bulldog choke and stuff you can get from there. But um, you know, he just he was kind of just clamping his hands. So I guess Waller didn't think it was threatening enough. But man, I just it seemed like. If he's at the tail end of his career, I think maybe, maybe just uh, if you're kind of just over the sport, maybe it's not because his body's quitting on him, but maybe he just doesn't, maybe he just doesn't care anymore, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I just felt like he came out, like you said, it started, the fight started basically, as you explained, with Lawler wasn't, you know, he was throwing some bigger shots and he actually landed a couple. And yeah. and like you said, uh, Covington was a little bit uh, hesitant, I would say, to, you, you didn't really know what Covington's game plan was for about the first two minutes of the fight. And then, uh, and then he avoided getting hit big and he finally got that first takedown. And it was like, from that moment on, after controlling him throughout the first round, it just seemed like it it, it sucked the life out of Lawler. Mm-hmm. And then he and then he repeated it again the second round. And by that point, um, he kind of wore out Lawler. Lawler, and it seemed like uh, by the third round, early into the fourth, Lawler was was essentially just gun shy about being taken down and held down for for five minutes. And at that point, Covington could get his strikes off, and uh, and Lawler really didn't have a way of countering it historically we've seen robbie lawler really have a nice counter punch and yeah. throw some throw and i kept waiting for it yeah I kept waiting for him to throw something and and but i i just i felt like as that first round ended even the look on lawler's face was kind of like okay here, here here we you know kind of gave out a big gasp of air and was kind of like kind of had the look on his face i think he even kind of gave a look like well okay you just kind of kicked my ass yeah you know, and uh I don't think not caring's the thing. I think maybe just uh, maybe at this point you get to a point uh, in his career where he's kind of like it's not a fight. He realized early it wasn't a fight he thought he could win, and and maybe that's the case. I I, I don't know. And then like you said, survival at that point. Um, but uh, I think this just shows that with Lawler now, if you're going to put him in a fight, you got to put him in with guys that are just matchup fights for him. Mike Perry. 
Yeah, we're, we're yeah. You know, something I, I like guess. That. I mean, I I feel like I just think Lawler. I definitely think Lawler could have beat Covington. I actually, you know, I lost some money betting on Lawler, but but I'm just like, you know, I I um, I just I I thought he could have beat him, and it, it's just there just didn't seem to be any like he didn't have, he didn't smell any blood or have any killer instinct after the first round. So, um, but like you said though, that's the other thing. Uh, you know, a lot of people seem to be paying attention to what Colby 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 Covington says. And not as much as to what he's been doing, which is winning. You know, like he's he's talking trash, sure, and he's saying things that are, it's very it's very forced trash talk. It's pretty bad. I mean, that's why I don't get offended because it looks like he's just he's trying too hard for that. But uh, as far as his wins go, man, I mean, he's putting you know he's winning. That's what there's one place where the where the trash talk doesn't matter. It's what you, your skill set, and he seems to have the skill set to be ranked exactly where he is. He um obviously he wants uh, Kamaru Usman next. Um, I don't know if, when or how that if that fight's gonna happen. It looks like they both want it to happen. Um, I would I I wouldn't mind seeing it. Obviously added to the MSG card for November second or fourth or whatever they they announced the date because I know Johnny Walker and um Corey Anderson just got uh, announced for Madison Square Garden. But that wouldn't I mean you know they they like to stack that card normally. Um, that last time wasn't so stacked, but normally that card they like to stack it, and uh, that would definitely be one that would, uh, you know, they'd, they'd have all the media and social media and stuff to help build up hype for that card. Yeah, it's November second. Um, fight makes sense. I don't know if it's a big enough fight to carry the card. I think you would probably need a uh, an additional really loaded co-main event, but um, but Covington's. Uh, or that could be the co-main event. Or that could be the co-main event. I mean, there's yeah. got to be another fight of that equal oh, yeah, value yeah. To, to go with it. Um, it has to be McGregor versus somebody. Like, correct, <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. If, if you had McGregor and Aldo uh, say something like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that, which is rumored to be one of the things in talks. But You know, that would, that would work, but... Um, it seems like that would be the location for me to have the fight if I was the UFC. You got you got Colby obviously with his his pro Trump uh, act or, or or personality, well whatever whatever it is. Um, obviously in New York where where Trump and his uh, and his and his uh, his voting group are not exactly uh, looked upon favorably. So that could be an entertaining. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't see that as like a violent kind of crowd, like we might see with McGregor and, and Nurmagomedov. No, New York's but, weird, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it could be. It would be one where it seems like you would get some good back and forth in the crowd as far as chants or or cheers. So that that could that, you know, I think it would be pretty much in New York, especially be anti Covington. But I don't think it'd be something where Covington would be fearing for his for his life out there. So um, no, it's just it's just I think the security and all that stuff would make it would probably make for a bad time and then if if like say if, if i mean i don't know if you saw i wrote the article for uh mma news where uh where uh Co- covington said he wanted it he preferred between vegas and the garden he prefers the garden because to make it easier for the trump family to get there so that donald trump can go uh front row and watch him but i don't think that's uh that would make for a good time for everyone else you know because then there would be added security and protesters well, yeah you, you were here I, you were here they're protesting when you were here so yeah i would be i was surprised that trump uh, uh trump kids were actually sitting cage side um I, I don't think they would do that with donald trump i think i think there would there would be a no, i don't think so either yeah um, 
because and I was surprised that there wasn't some kind of box even for the others because as you know MMA fans can be you know no matter what your beliefs are you don't you don't throw a bottle of beer at somebody's head and I'm surprised that there wasn't something that uh, the, the people in New Jersey <laughs> I'm surprised that there wasn't some clown in that crowd that that threw you know a drink or nachos or or something at him. Um, because you know, at a UFC, it's pretty wide open. You know? I, I, I'm surprised. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I would have felt if I was one of the Trump kids. I would have been felt a little nervous sitting there with my back to. Uh, to well, I mean, obviously crowd. they gave they gave him the red carpet. I mean, they probably came in the same way the fighters came. You know what I mean? Like uh, they had backstage access. If you saw that the video that I put in that article, that's from uh, you know that's obviously backstage. So they they obviously they probably were able to come in, come and go as you know freely. As the, oh uh, yeah, no, I know, but, were, but but there's people who paid for seats, and and I mean, uh, obviously, uh, the wacko that would throw stuff at him is probably not going to a UFC event. I mean, obviously, 95% of the of the general public is civilized, and and even if you disagree with somebody, they're not looking to uh, physically harm someone. Um, yeah, which is which is why the United States is at least a, a fa- fairly <laughs> uh, you know safe and, and, and well thought out country, but. Yeah. Um, so that's that with that. Um, before we get on to this weekend, there was some other big news. Uh, we didn't. We had uh, Carl Reed on last week, so we weren't able to do a recap of UFC 240. But coming out of that event, uh, Chris Cyborg did pick up a, a unanimous decision, pretty dominant win over uh, Felicia Spencer, uh, finishing out her contract with the UFC. Uh, we had talked about her options and what we thought would happen. I, of all the options, I didn't necessarily see Dana White coming out and basically oh, yeah. telling her to go jump in in the lake and, and hit the road. Uh, but that's essentially what has happened. So uh, Cyborg's a free agent, and I think you know if you look into it. And obviously, neither of us are insiders to the point where we have extreme connections on the inside. But just looking at the news stories and the interviews and what she's or her team is saying, I should say through her Twitter account, it seems to me that Bellator's really where it's going to go I, I well uh, yeah I don't that, see any other options really at this point what so what that happened on Friday before the Newark event right oh I, Thursday I forget. Friday right, yeah. right in that neighborhood yeah so almost immediately after uh I saw MMA Junkie said that Coker was already sending her the offer um and like you said the some of the comments she made about uh fuller divisions more options for fights and more frequent fights the only place that seems to have that for her is uh, Bellator. Um, I know, uh, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Kayla Harrison kind of... Kayla Harrison's been saying her name a lot and wants her, but the thing is, that's the thing about the season format, you know? Like, you have to wait till next season because the current season is going on. So even if, if Cyborg was on board with that, you know, um, she'd have to wait till 2020. Which uh, she's she's adamant about being active. She knows that she needs to fight a few more times before she decides to call it a career. So it makes sense to to be in Bellator. Plus, uh, the cross promotion they're doing with Ryzen, you know, there's options there too. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if if that news breaks before the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I I, I just feel like Bellator is the move for her. It. Bellator is not going to necessarily stop her from doing any pro wrestling, not going to stop her from doing uh, kickboxing if she chooses to go that route. 
Um, historically, they've always been, Coker's always been open to uh, anybody basically doing what they want to do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ryzen thing, where she can go there and, and, and fight in, uh, in, in Japan. Um, you know, it, it'll, it'll be one of those things where it'll always be a shame that we didn't get to see a Nunez rematch because I genuinely think that that's the fight that, that should take place. And, uh, and, and she deserves if, uh, if she wanted it, but I can't blame her for not wanting to sign the rest of her career away just for that fight. Cause that's basically what the UFC is going to ask her to do. They're going to demand a six fight contract and, uh, and they'll talk about, oh, we'll give her one fight, yada, yada. We know how that goes. Yeah. That if she loses, they send her on the road. If she wins, they hold her hostage and tell her she's the championship clause. She can't go anywhere. Uh, we've seen it throughout uh, the yeah, and, and ages. It, that makes know. sense on their end. I mean, not for nothing. Um, rather than play the, the negotiating and matching game, uh, I think it was good that Dana White just let her go like that because, uh, you know, it saves her time on, on measuring, you know, all the suitors. And um, the other thing, too, is that, uh, you know, it uh, it just it's just uh, he's getting ahead of everything. Uh, obviously, with all the, the, the stuff that's coming out they're they're bringing up the old news and all that stuff. So, I mean, in that sense, uh, and I'm not defending anything he said, by the way, before people start saying, oh, you know. I'm riding. People should know that listening to this podcast, I don't, I don't really ride the UFC's dick like that. <laughs> but uh, you know what I mean. Like he just, they got ahead of it, so it's almost mutually beneficial for both of them. They're out of that business of where they have to keep defending themselves and everything that happened in the past with, uh, with comments that were made. And um, you know, for the fans, now we get to see where she goes and and see her fight more people. And uh, you know, uh, they. Uh, one if she they did a one fight contract and it was a rematch, what were they gonna do if she wins? You know, like what if she what if she won the title and said, now I want to be out? Then you have to do another interim thing and a, you know they're not gonna do a tournament. You know what I mean? So yeah, well they have a clause where she can't she has to her contract extends. So they yeah, probably yeah, yeah. she'd be she'd be contracted with probably the same pay, which in her mind probably wouldn't work for her because at that point she'd be the champion. Uh, we saw it with Randy Couture. We've seen it with. Uh, a few other guys where yeah. it just it never ends well um, so that makes sense from a business standpoint I gotta start asking myself though at what point ESPN is gonna step in and start to wonder what the hell's going on uh, ESPN prepays for all the pay-per-views so the UFC's got their gets their money whether they sell one pay-per-view buy or 5.5 million and since ESPN's bought the bought paid for them um, some of their biggest uh, we've seen no Conor McGregor, which is not good for ESPN. They lost uh, Brock Lesnar. They lost Brock Lesnar. Yeah. We've Cyborg. Whether people Cyborg was a draw. When you went yeah. to watch Cyborg fight, the crowd was into it. Uh, they were electric when she came out. She had her fans. She had her detractors, but people paid to watch her fight. She got good pay per view numbers in in the in this era of not so good pay per view numbers. Um, so I gotta, I gotta wonder where, where ESPN's gonna be, you know, thinking about this because you got, you know, obviously you, UFC 241 will probably do a lot of buys right now. That's a great card, but again, that's still got 10 days to go, and I'm going to it, which means we're bound to lose at least two and a half more fights on the card. And then after that, <laughs> you, got, you know, and then after that, you got the Poirier, uh, 
uh, Khabib fight, which is an outstanding fight, but when it's a 12 o'clock pay-per-view out of Russia, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest, it, it, if it does more than 100,000 pay-per-view buys, I, you know, I'll drink a beer out of my shoe. I just don't think that that's going to happen. Um, that's nasty. Well, <laughs> uh, I won't have to do it because they're not going to sell 100,000 pay-per-view buys, but... Um, Got you know, like I said, where, it, does, where at what point does ESPN step in and go, Jesus, here's another million dollars. Let's get some of these, uh, or there's another ten million dollars. They're invested what six hundred million or some crazy yeah. number amount of money. Seems like at some point they're gonna go, hey, where's our, where's our guys? I mean, we're on the brink of uh, of Cormier retiring. Yeah, uh, we've never we haven't seen any Nick Diaz in years. Yeah, uh, we're supposed to get Nate Diaz back, but like again, there's still ten days, so who yeah. knows what happens. Uh, well, yeah, you know, Romero's getting old. I mean, not that he's a huge pay per view guy, but he's headlined events. Uh, you know, Rock Holtz still trying to wake up from his last fight. You know, Weidman's not exactly the the name. He's not the name. He he's a name, but he's not. He yeah, can't carry he, an event like he could. I mean, we're getting if down. they don't have him an event around here, then no, yeah, because I mean, he'll draw here. You know, he'll draw if he fights in Atlantic City or Long Island at at uh, Nassau Coliseum or, or where he's from or, or here in the Garden. But um, yeah, I mean, Anderson Silva can't headline an event. I mean, they can headline fight nights. That that's that doesn't count. That's I'm talking about the money making pay per views. I mean, you we're. We're I don't know. Down, it's it's getting down there where you know. I mean, we're essentially going to lose the women's 145 pound division. So Hudo owns the belt in two divisions that, and he's out for till the shoulder gets better. Till the shoulder gets better. Uh, 145's great. You still have Holloway, and he's obviously down. But at some point, Holloway's going to have to take some time off. I mean, any you know, after one of these fights, he's going to have to take a year off or something. He can't can't continue to take the, the trauma that he generally takes in his fights. Um, yeah, that's for sure. You know, so it's uh, it's an interesting uh, interesting state for the UFC right now. I, I don't uh, – I mean, a lot of great fights. Um, but uh, – and, and I guess it doesn't matter to me. I'm not ESPN, but I'd be definitely looking at the numbers going – we need to figure well, out a game plan here. You know, I, I don't I, know. I don't. I don't know if they think uh, or how they're going to use the money from. So, just before we started recording tonight, uh, August sixth, Tuesday night, um, Deadline reported that uh, um, Disney Disney's going to merge the Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Disney Plus. You can get all three for thirteen, twelve ninety nine a month, or thirteen ninety nine a month. So I don't know if that somehow is going to save or bring in new money for them. I mean, (laughs) Avengers got them all their money this year. You know what I mean? Like, so, so because it's all owned by Disney. So I don't know if that's part of the game plan that they're looking ahead and saying, like, this will, you know, this will bring in new uh, viewers and those people will possibly, because obviously they'll cross promote their, their own ads for stuff on the, on one of the three networks and, and. Maybe they're hoping to get new buys, new fans for the UFC out of uh, that. But um, I don't know, man. I mean, you know how I feel about ESPN+. Plus. Not for nothing. That's how they'll get me to sign up for it. I'll sign up for the, the one price for those three. But still, it's just like I'm still not going to buy a pay-per-view. I'm already buying the service. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, it's an interesting thing. I, I never would have thought. I guess I didn't think about the Avengers and 
and all the Marvel stuff that they own. Initially, when I think Disney, of course, I'm thinking like Little Mermaid. And yeah, yeah, most people Beauty. do. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, so they're gonna get UFC fans that are signing up to get Little Mermaid and and uh, you, know. you know, there's there's that one angry dad that uh, you know, all right, you watch all your cartoons go to sleep, and then he's all riled up and maybe needs to see a few fights. God, yeah, he just got pissed <laughs> off watching Dumbo. Now it's time to watch some <laughs> yeah, some punches, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the Hulu thing's interesting. I don't. I, I'm not sure what that'll include, or if that's just like on-demand content, or if it's live television. But I think like, it's a little both. So that might be something that that even uh, I would do some research into. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I think the fight nights are great. There's a lot of them. There's always fights going on. Uh, but it, it, I don't know. It, it, you get greedy when you, you know. I like I like having a lot of fights, but I wonder how much fun it would be again if we had these fight cards that were just loaded for pay-per-views and mm-hmm. um, i don't know yeah. maybe it's just maybe it's just getting older and you don't have everybody around drinking beers and watching fights like you did in your 20s but yeah. uh which could be very well be that maybe that's still going on but um definitely not so much in my neck of the woods so uh but anyways that brings us to this weekend uh we were talking about cyborg we talked about a couple of the female fights uh on this past weekend's card, but this upcoming weekend, uh, UFC goes to Uruguay for the first time and they bring a title fight. It is a female title fight. The flyweight, uh, 125 pound women's title, uh, holder champion, uh, Valentino Shevchenko, uh, fights Liz Carmouche, not a fight that was necessarily on my radar before they announced it. Uh, but it, I guess it makes sense. Uh, Carmouche defeated, uh, Shevchenko earlier in her career. Um, Carmouche is a tough out for anybody, so I think it's a good fight for a fight night. Yeah. Um, you know, Mike Perry's on the card, uh, Volkan, uh, Ir Latifi, uh, which is a great light heavyweight fight um, earlier on the main card. But uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I keep thinking that we're gonna get one of these upsets one of these days. But I just uh, after Shevchenko, what she did to Jessica, I it's hard for me to, to pick against her. Again, I suppose if there was somebody who had the, the skills that if you put him in a video game, uh, Carmouche might be one of those people just because she has kind of that grinding wrestling that could uh, wear someone out and control somebody. But uh, at this point of Carmouche's career, I, I don't see that happening. So I actually think she'll probably get finished by uh, by some form of TKO uh, third, fourth round. I think she'll... I think she'll be okay for the first round, round and a half, two rounds. But I think after that, she gets into deep water, starts to get hurt with shots. Yeah, I mean, I, I know she's a she's a hammer as far as like her her own striking is concerned. But Shevchenko has just been getting better and better. I mean, she seems to be uh, she just seems to be evolving. I mean, she I don't uh, I can't I can't disagree with you. I mean, I'm and uh, not pick Shevchenko. I mean. Um, I didn't even look at the odds for that, but uh, whatever they are, um, it must be. Uh, it's still. It's not. It's not a bet that I would make. Um, I'd bet. I'd, I'd bet more on how Shevchenko wins. You know what I mean? Than uh, than that. But I mean, I do feel like Carmouche probably has enough pop to hurt her or maybe drop her. So you know, upsets are not uncommon in MMA. But um, doesn't seem like they've been happening too much this summer, especially. A, According to my FanDuel account. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem like in the big fights, uh, at least the main yeah. event fight. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't really see a path standing for Carmouche to win, like you said, unless she lands something and, and, and hurts her. But I always feel like her style is more of a grind, get in there and, and wear you out. And um, she probably will struggle initially when, when she needs to. She'll probably struggle um, enforcing that game plan. And by the time she... Uh, and then I think it just wears off on you. Um, yeah. I, I don't think she'll be able to to fight through probably all the the strikes and angles that uh, that Shevchenko's given her. Because uh, like you said, Shevchenko just seems to be getting better. And uh... yeah, and and the thing too about um, Carmouche, the only reason why like I, I mean obviously I'm still picking Shevchenko, but like I I don't like to counter out completely only because I remember she was counted out automatically when uh, when she fought Ronda Rousey. And um, if if you rewatch that fight, there's a point where she takes her back and and, and damn near finishes her. So Carmouche uh, is no slouch, but um, like yeah, like I like you said though. I mean, I, I haven't seen enough of her recent fights versus Shevchenko's recent fights to to, to notice that that somebody. I mean, they're but they obviously the longer you stay in the sport and training and stuff, most people evolve and get better. Um, but I, uh, I don't know if she's done that at the speed that Shevchenko has. Shevchenko just seems to be a different animal. So, Yeah, I think she's just well more in her prime. I mean, that Rousey yeah. fight was UFC. Let me see. I was at that one. I think it was 147. Yeah. Uh, that was in Anaheim. But, uh, I mean, that was like 2013. Right in that neighborhood. No, might have even been 2012. So, uh, yeah. You know that was that was six, seven, seven and a half years ago. So, and, and you know Carmouche is only thirteen and a six, so she hasn't been super active. Uh, where where she's put out a lot of performances, and she's fought everybody there is to fight. So that's that accounts for a good amount of her losses. But if she gets that position on Shevchenko, uh, it's not Ronda Rousey, um, who is obviously a, a, a master grappler. Not the, not the MMA fighter that Shevchenko is in, in my world, but, uh, but definitely someone you would favor in a straight grappling match. So, mm. um, if she gets behind her and gets the, the body triangle in and gets the arm around her, I mean, she's got the strength to do some stress on that jaw, too. So, I don't know. Uh, I hope it's a good fight. Um, I, like I said, I always enjoy an upset and a title change because it always shakes the division up. Uh, right now, Shevchenko, although the division is fresh and fairly new, seems to have it pretty much on lockdown. Um, so uh, that's the kind of the headlining bout of the weekend. Uh, Friday night, Invicta's got a show. Their, uh, their featherweight title's on the line. Uh, they're trying to regroup after Cyborg and then, and then Megan Anderson left. Uh, and then uh, probably something that a lot of fans will jump on on Saturday uh, at six o'clock. The UFC uh, six o'clock Pacific. The UFC main card starts at five Pacific, so they do overlap a bit. But um, Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship is putting their event live and free on the Fight app and on uh, BKFC's YouTube channel. So uh, previously a thirty-four ninety. Pay-per-view, I believe, or thirty-nine ninety-nine pay-per-view for their first uh, half dozen events. Uh, this one will be free, so um, I don't know if this is something that I, I know they picked up a nice sponsor for them. So I, I don't know if this is something that will be standard going forward. But um, if you are a fan of the bare knuckle stuff, or if you're just looking to uh, 
check it out really for the first time, the, this is your weekend to do it. Or if you're broken, you got to stay home because you lost all your money on Robbie Lawler, like Eddie Carbajal did. <laughs> well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. You know, you, you definitely will not see a lack <laughs> of punches thrown in, uh, in yeah. those fights. Uh, there will be plenty of blood, and there won't be um, a referee to to ruin any of the bouts. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> no Herb Dean in Bare Knuckle FC. Might get some Mergliata, but uh, but no Herb Dean. So um, that's pretty much it uh, for this week's show. Um, the next uh, we got UFC 241 coming up, and then and then set. The end of August and uh, all of September into October's huge month for Bellator. So we're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to talk about uh, as yeah. we get closer to those events. Um, fans can catch us at Combat Hour on Twitter, uh, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Myself at MMA Hawk Twenty One on Twitter and Instagram. At Carbizal for Ed on Twitter and at Carbeerzal for Ed on Instagram. Uh, until then, man, I'll uh, I'll be talking to you. I'm gonna be out at the lake this weekend, but we'll uh, we'll have my iPad, my HDMI connector, and we'll be uh, doing my mm. best to catch up on as much action while drinking a beer or cocktail as possible. All right, don't feed any crocodiles. No, 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 no <laughs> crocodiles. <laughs> a big bear, uh, just some trout, and uh, they're not gonna do any damage. I guess bears. <laughs> I guess bears. We yeah. are big bears, so. Uh, as long as the bears don't come around, but uh, no, uh, look forward to talking to you. And uh, like I said, the sounds like the bare knuckle fighting thing will be uh, what most of our conversation will be about at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, man, I'll see you. All right, take it easy. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And in some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.